Hi, welcome to episode two of the Hidden in Headphones podcast. On today's episode, we have Mike Monroe of the band Cult of the Lost Cause from Denver, Colorado. Mike and I have known each other since I was about 18 years old. He's seen me play guitar in different bands, and we've used to sit around and just listen to records at his old apartment on Guerrero Street here in San Francisco. Currently, his new band, Cult of the Lost Cause, has a new album out called Contritions, which came out in about February. We talk about that. We talk about bands that we like. We talk about the metal scene in general. We talk about instrumental music. Hell, we even talk about Slipknot. Before we get started, I also wanted to add in that I wanted to say thanks to all the people who have already liked, subscribed, and listened to the first episode of the podcast. I've had a great response so far, and I think I'm going to keep doing these for as long as I can. So if you haven't already, we're on iTunes now. Hooray! So you can go to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. You can also tweet at us. Um, We have a Twitter account now called at HeadphonesPod. And you can go ahead and message me on Twitter and tell me that I suck and all the things that people do on the internet when they're trolling people. So with that, let's begin this hour-long segment of me talking to Mike about bands. Thanks. Yeah, stupid internet. So you were saying Slipknot you got into really late? Yeah, I got into one album, and it was whatever album had the video with the dudes ripping the house apart. Oh, right. Yeah. I think that was Iowa. Yeah. But no, it wasn't. It was the one right after Iowa. Um, Subliminal or Duality. Or, oh, the Duality. No, Duality is a song. Um, the album's called The Subliminals. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that one. So that's the only one I cared about, but like – they're the only band I can think of where there's no, I, I guess the only other band I can think of where there's like a high level of theatrics that I actually cared about was Marilyn Manson. Right. And that was for a lot of us. I mean like that late nineties era stuff that he was doing was like, right. He was pretty on top of it and he was, and he gave interviews and he was like a smart guy talking about yeah, that stuff. Like exactly. he knew, he knew what he was doing, you know? Right. But so, I guess he reminded me of, uh, like what it would have been like to see like Alice Cooper like back in the day. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine seeing Alice Cooper back in the day? I mean, like, cause nobody would have seen that. Like there was nothing like that then. No, dude. I imagine people like flat out had aneurysms, like watching that. Like, cause it was <laughs> like, it was like nothing. It, it would be like, I, I always think of it. I, I heard a stand up tell a joke of like, if you could go back in time and show people like a transformers movie from now, like compared to the special effects they had, like they would totally think it was real. Right. They would be like, Oh my God, this is a documentary. Like this. Really yeah, exactly. happened. Like I, I honestly think like watching Alice Cooper back in the day would be like that because nobody was doing anything that shocking at all. No, for sure. Nobody was doing anything even remotely close to that. I mean, could you like, I can't even imagine thinking that that was something that was real, like going in and then like, and you know, his opening act was probably just like a regular bunch of dudes and then yeah. he comes out on stage and he like beheads himself in a in a guillotine <laughs> and you're like standing there you're like what the fuck are you talking about what's happening right now like totally. what's going on you know so I it's see. like it's kind of nutty so dude so what's up with the new record so what's up with contritions man oh oh i didn't even realize we were like going <laughs> oh yeah no 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 we're totally going oh, it's like totally it's good. happening oh. Now I'm all on the record talking shit about bands. <laughs> okay. I can right. I can edit things out, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do a bunch of that, but you know whatever. Yeah. We can talk about all that. 
They, yeah, who the fuck am I? They don't care. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> it's not like as if anybody's really listening. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Uh, so, so a couple rad things going on. Um, so, so contritions. So we haven't talked in a bit. So I'll rewind it. So, contritions came out in February. Right. And um, we were we were really lucky. Like we we we've just been have this windfall of fantastic things happen where we were able to record it with Dave Otero, who um, he won. He won like best production last year for like, I think it was a cattle decapitation record that came yeah, out yeah, last year. Yeah, he totally did. It was great. Uh, he worked with Cephalic Carnage from here in Denver back in the day. Oh, awesome. um, he uh, he did a, a few of our friends' bands, and he's just he just amazing tones. And so we were lucky enough to work with uh, this local label called Sailor Records, and they put a, a, our record out. Um, they grab they they're becoming like the sub pop of Denver. Like they're grabbing all these rad bands. Oh, and putting awesome. out the, and putting out either just the record or the record and the CD or whatever it is. Um, so Sailor sent us to Dave. We did this is a record seven or eight songs I think um, that we did in his main room with him, um, and he mastered it. We were going to send it somewhere else, but we we're like, he knows the record; he's already done it, right? Um, and it came out sounding awesome. Like, That's I rad. Mean, like, yeah, I, I thought it sounded fucking incredible. It sounded Thanks amazing. Yeah. yeah, like like the the drum tones alone are just like just flat out amazing like they're so huge man yeah huge and what's crazy is that like like and people think that like because some of the other bands he's recorded like call of the void and primitive man and um stuff like that where people think he's recording in this huge room like i know you've been up to uh it's a place in sausalito the plant yeah yeah like people think he's in a place like that and he's not it's like i don't know what it was it was like an old hardware store that he bought <laughs> like literally and just like soundproof the rooms. Yeah. And, but he knows what he's doing with right. his mics and all, and all the science of the sound. Like, and like he's got all these cool tricks where like one of the uh, mic cables he was using is like an extension cord. And he basically just chopped off the plug and then like wired it to a microphone or something like that. What? And he's like, yeah, but he was like, he was talking about how he, him and another, he got the idea from another engineer. He's like, so like Home Depot extension cords, but there's something about the way they're wired where they eliminate like all extraneous noise. So they're fantastic to convert to wow. like speaker and mic cabling and stuff. Oh, because the shielding is so good. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That makes sense. That's crazy. Well, that's, that's what you got to do in that kind of situation. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was really, really cool because. You know, he, he, it was a whole other level of professionalism. Like, you know, we, we took some steps as a band where we thought like, all right, well, here's, you know, a list of things where a list of mistakes we're not going to make again. Right. But even with that, when we got in and started working with this guy who's spent the last few years recording for relapse and metal blade and all these, you know, big projects. Right. You know, we, we learned even, we learned even more how far away we were from that level of professionalism that we thought we were approaching. So, right. It, you know, it was a good lesson and we got a great product out of it. And then we did our CD release here in Denver at this place called the high dive, um, oh, right. which is one of our favorite clubs here. Um, they were nice enough to let us do the CD release and we have a recording of it, but we haven't been able to get it mixed yet. But, um, we did the release and we, we were lucky enough to get a great response. We did a video for one of the songs. Um, we actually got on, got a couple of reviews on like, uh, like metal injection and a couple other blogs. Um, and it was just, it was really cool. Like, so we've been, uh, 
you know, we, we got to play a couple festivals here in town. And so we're now, now we're talking about the third record already. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, and so what's going to happen, I don't know when you're going to air this, but I, but uh, like we're announcing it next week is, um, so we've been a trio this whole time. We've been, we've been cult for five years now. And for the last couple of years, I've been really wanting another guitarist. Yeah. Um, and for various reasons, we just didn't make it happen, but we finally pulled the trigger on it. And so we we're adding this player, She's a good friend of ours from the scene. Her name is Rachel. She plays in another band. She actually plays bass in another band that we play with all the time called Mako 72. Yeah. Um, and so she joined on second guitar. That's awesome. Dude, I'm beyond psyched. Like, well, well, you've always been one of my favorite guitar players, but I can only imagine what that would be like with both dude, of you guys in that band. It like, opens up the whole thing, doesn't it? Well, it's huge. And like you, yeah, you and I have played music before you know, for, for years together, albeit in different bands. Yeah. And yeah, like you've always known me in two guitar bands. Yeah. I've never known you as just in a solo. I mean, I guess there was like, there was a period there where it was just you in, in four minute mile for like a couple of things, but really that was more like just like a couple of songs, not even like just by yourself. And, and, and not to say that just by yourself is bad. I mean, cult of the lost cause was just you from the beginning and that was always really good but you've always been an expert songwriter with two guitar players you're really into that kind of sound yeah and it's well all my heroes like as far as in the realm of like rock music and the realm of heavy music there's always two guitars going on because it just opens so many doors and all my all all my favorite stuff is either you know you know there there's a lot of interplay it's not just like the old archetype of, you know, the rhythm guitar and the lead guitar. And they're basically just playing the same thing the whole time until one guy just starts wanking and soloing, you know? Right. Absolutely. Like I've always felt that like when, you know, when I was younger and you showed me pretty girls make graves for the first time, that was, that was like, that was like that I think is like the highlight of like a two guitar band. And even though it's not metal music or anything like that, like the, that the way that those two guitar players play together is really something to behold. And I think they're like one of the best at it. Yeah, and that's a fantastic example. And even and then even if you analyze it further, they're doing all this incredibly incredibly intricate stuff to even very simple stuff, but they're also able to build this really dense sound that still leaves room for the bass and drum interplay. Totally. Absolutely. And and they 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 space everything out and they do a lot of like really cool spatial things with like call and response and stuff like that. Stuff that you can't really do when you're by yourself. Right, exactly, exactly. And, you know, we, you know, our bass player, Tom, he's really, really into a lot of super experimental stuff. He's really into jazz and he's really into a lot of uh, uh, improv bass music. And so, you know, he's had a really good ear and, you know, been a really big proponent of trying to do stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, and I, you know, I'm always down to give it a shot and stuff, but it's just, it's different. I, it, you know, and everything we're doing now with Rachel coming on, we're able to incorporate some of that stuff, I think, a lot more successfully. Yeah. Then when it just drops and we do have these big unisons, it's just so much bigger. It's so much bigger. It almost, it almost makes me want to go re-record it. Like the song she's learning off the first and second record, I almost want to go like re-record a couple of those. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> it's like that dramatic of a difference. It's a huge difference. In fact, one of them, there's a song and we, for whatever reason, this song has ended up on YouTube like four or five times. I didn't even think it was like a song people responded to in our set. Yeah. But the like the last few times we played it, it's gotten a great response and there's like three or four recordings of it on YouTube, but it's a song called The Drop and 
when Rachel started learning that, like her and Tom came up with a bunch of ideas and we basically, we didn't rewrite the song, but we added a couple things that pretty drastically change it, you know, right. and it's, it's better now. <laughs> well, like, well, because there's somebody else that's like taking a look at it now that like, that like now a lot of ideas that you probably had as a songwriter were things that we were like, well, if I had another pair of hands, I would love yeah. if I could do this. And then they're, they're actually doing something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that, you know, you know, Rachel has a really unique outlook on her guitar. You know, I, I, it's funny because you, you hang out with someone, you know, I've been hanging out with her for a couple of years and our band has played with her band, you know, for a couple of years. Right. But then, you know, some, there are some questions you just don't get to ask or whatever. So I finally asked her and I was just like, you know, what are your top three records like guitar wise? You know, knowing that we already have pretty similar taste in music, but you know, right. she's talking, so she's talking about, uh, Torch, uh, Botch, and Hot Water Music. Right, which are excellent choices and are yeah, incredible guitar-based records. Yeah, and, and it's funny. It was a good reminder because like I hadn't listened to Hot Water Music for like 10 years. Like I just... Because right. What were you saying, dude? No, no, I was saying right. Like I haven't listened to them in forever. Yeah, and they're one of those bands when they were around that like... They remind me of the Bouncing Souls when all that stuff was really big in like the late 90s, early 2000s. I, everyone else was on board and I didn't, it's not that I didn't like it. I just was like, I guess I was like, I'll get around to it. Right. You know, like I'll, I'll listen to it eventually. Right? right. It'll get, it'll end up in my record players at some point. In yeah. The ball game. And, and I sort of never did. And so it was interesting to go back and listen to that. And I can definitely hear it in a lot of the guitar stuff she does. And so all of that, a very long winded way to agree with you because she's, she's bringing in these ideas that it's like, yeah, I would have never thought of that never in a million years. And you, you know, we filter it through into a cult of the lost cause song and it doesn't sound like any of those bands anymore, but it's still an idea that, you know, if you know where it came from, you're like, Oh, rad, you know, that's, you know, how, how you know, how would they've ever thought to inject that in there? You know? Right. Exactly. And it's just because there's somebody else who plays the guitar like a certain way and does things that like, they've picked up along the way, you know, that right. like really changes like the songwriting of, of what's going on. And that's exciting. That like makes it exciting when you're in a band and something new happens like that. It really makes you excited to come to band practice and to write songs. And, and now you've got somebody that's like doing something new to what you do, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think we, you know, as we, you know, with, with Rachel joining and then we're talking about what we want to do for the third record. Um, you know, we've started, I think we, we have like half a song written, and then, you know, like a handful of other ideas laying around. Right. But uh, there's been these very conscious efforts to incorporate these other styles. Like Mike, our drummer, him and I have been geeking out really hard on a bunch of like faster stuff, like Cult Leader and Nails and stuff like that. He's dude, that Nails dude. record, man. Dude, life changing. So like That Nails record, man. I... I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but man, that Nails record is absolutely, I think it's probably the best heavy record. Well, it's for sure the best heavy record of the year. It might be the, the best heavy record of the last five. Like that record is just, it is unrelenting. Yeah, it, it's amazing, dude. And for me, for me so far this year, it's tied as, as my favorite heavy record of the year. Like um, the other one is, uh, have you heard, uh, it's a, collaborative album it's uh the two bands the body and full of hell no i haven't heard that yet so the body is like 
they get labeled sludge a lot, but to me, it's much more experimental and broad than that. Right. Um, it, it evokes things like Neurosis and Swans, but doesn't necessarily sound like either of those bands. Right. And then Full of Hell is, uh, I know you and I have talked about Code Orange. Like, imagine Code Orange is a grindcore band. What? Yeah, dude, it's it's insane. Like, that's that's so gotta insane. be insane. Like, so they put out a uh, collaborative record together called uh, "One Day You Will Ache Like I Ache." And oh my god, what a great title! Yeah, it, which is like it's apparently it's like a whole lyric, and they're like, "Yep, it's a whole lyric." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it um, is. Uh, that's that's off of. It's from Doll Parts. Yeah, it's from Doll Parts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, which coincidentally is like the whole song that I like. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, dude, so that record is right up there with the Nails record, like, for certain. Oh, man. Like, but it's a totally different feel. But anyway, what, um, so Mike has been really into stuff like that. Um, he has, uh, and so he's been trying to bring these different influences in, you know, as they fit. Right. You know, and then, uh, you know, the bass player Tom's been listening to, he's been geeking out, over, like I said, over, again, over a bunch of super experimental stuff. Um and, you know, we're trying to see how it all fits. And I think, you know, with the last record, one of the successes was that we we had to learn how to simplify a lot of our parts and fill up space in sort of this counterintuitive way. Right. Uh, but with this record, we're kind of going the other way where we're like building all these sounds that are so dense that it's like, you know, it's like... God, how many people are there playing? <laughs> and that's kind of the point where it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's almost like four people playing completely different songs. Well, like that's, that's kind of like, if you can get it to be that heavy, that would be like the goal. I would, I would imagine for what you're doing right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, kind of, that's definitely what I'm hoping for. I mean, guitar wise, like one of the things I'm really looking forward to is up until now being the only guitarist, I had to adjust my style pretty specifically and mm-hmm. so there were a lot of things that I've wanted to do or I did, you know, in previous lives that I wasn't able to do as the only guitarist. Because if you go, you know, if you go too high, you know, in your register and you don't have something else there to sort of round it out, then the bottom drops out of the whole thing. And right. It, you know, and, and, it, and it sabotages the momentum for the listener and, and for the, the feel of the song. Right. But then if I stay low the whole time, then as a guitar player, not only do I get bored, but then also as a listener, it doesn't sound like the guitar is really contributing that much. Right. And it sounds like it's just kind of, it's, it's keeping the momentum going, but it's not doing anything that's dynamic or exciting enough to really kind of change the scope of what, of what you're playing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so now I'm really excited because now, you know, even just in what we've been reworking with the old songs, what Rachel and I have been doing together guitar wise, like I've got, just the highest hopes going into the new songs because the way we're, we've been able to bounce off each other and do th- these call and response patterns and different registers and every once in a while throw in a little like classic rock, like harmonized thing, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like do, do some of that old new wave of British heavy metal stuff with like the dueling solos or something. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> like, you know, it, like, like it, it's just opening all these doors for all this exploration that I haven't been able to do that I'm just beyond excited for. And I think that Tom and Mike, like what it's going to mean for them as a rhythm section, I, I think 
I think it's going to open doors for them too. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to change everything we can do as Cult of the Lost Cause. So I'm I'm really excited about the next record. Yeah, I bet. I, I would be I would be unbelievably thrilled about that. I mean, like it sounds like you're really excited about the possibilities and 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 what's and what can happen for everybody with like the new with like a new added member, you know. And I'm sure the live shows are probably. Are you playing live with her now? So, dude. So this is actually going to be really rad. So we so we're going to announce her. And again, I don't know when this is going to air, so it'll probably be past tense at that point. But okay. we're, we're going to announce her uh, at the so. Is this the middle of July? We're going to announce her at the top of uh, either the end of this month or the very top of August. Okay. And we that's when we're going to announce the lineup for the first show with her, which is going to be at this theater called The Gothic, which it's kind of a long story, but we're <laughs> it's one of those things where we're really excited to be playing there. Yeah. We're not popular enough to fill it. Like, this is a place that, like, Mashuga has played. <laughs> <laughs> But right. it's one of the, it's also one of, it's like yellow, you know, it's like, we don't know when the next time we're going to be able to play this place is. So we're like, screw it. Let's just do it. You know? Right. Right. What's the worst um, case scenario? You'll do it. Yeah, exactly. Like in, in San Francisco, it'd be like, you know, a local band, like, Hey, you guys want to headline great American music hall one night? And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're going to have 40 people there. The place is going to look empty, but when are we going to be able to say we, you know, like, yeah, exactly. This may never happen again, you know? Right. So might as well. (laughs) Well, it sounds like, it sounds like locally, like I've seen a lot of stuff about Cult of the Lost Cause and like a lot of Denver stuff and like some, you know, the Denver heavy music stuff and the coverage of like with metal injection and stuff. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe 50 people came. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) maybe high hopes, dude, high hopes, high hopes, man. (laughs) Maybe you can sell it out, you know, the bar at least. Well, I think we, you know, we, we have, you know, people have been really kind to us and we've gotten some really good feedback. And I think that, uh, you know, my experience, and I, I don't want to speak for everybody else in the band. I don't know what kind of interactions they have, but um, I, you know, the positive feedback I've gotten about Cult, and I'm always really grateful for, it's usually about the live show. So it's not, I, I think we're one of those bands that when people see us once, then they're like, oh, okay, I do want to go see it again. Whereas when they just hear the record. And again, this isn't a slight on the record. We're, we're, we're beyond psyched about the record. But I think when they hear the record, it's sort of a different impression and they don't know if we're going to be boring to watch or they, you know, because it's instrumental, they don't know how to quite imagine what the live show would be like. So they're maybe less likely to take the chance unless they know of some of the other bands on the bill. So we're always like really careful like about that as well. Well, who are you playing with at, at the Gothic? So um, we have this band called Churchfire, who's this, uh, these are all local Denver bands. That is a great name. Dude, they're probably one of my favorite bands in Denver. Like, they are this amazing electronic duo, super caustic, super heavy. Um, imagine, uh, have you ever heard of Youth Code at all? Yeah, yeah. I, I think Youth Code's absolutely incredible. I Dude, love that band. So it's like, I've never seen Youth Code, but I... I don't know, so I don't know what their live show is like, but like Churchfire, to me, it's like slightly more caustic youth code with an insanely awesome live show. Like, because they just, they go nuts. They have all this cool lighting. Um, The woman, Shannon, who sings, just goes crazy and is an amazing singer. Um, And the other other keyboardist, DJ, multi-instrumentalist, David. Um, They're just 
they're unstoppable. They're one of my favorite acts to see in this town. Like, that's that's awesome. Um, and then we have uh, another band who's actually on our label, and they're this uh, punk trio called Muscle Beach. Who we play with them all the time. They're probably they're probably the best live band in Denver. Man, <laughs> like it is nuts how they throw down. Um, and they, uh, I'm trying to think of what they sound like, man. Like, like the other night I saw them a couple weeks ago and they did a refused cover and I was like, that fits perfectly with what they do. Oh, wow. But they don't, uh, that doesn't fully describe what they do. That's kind of bold to do a refused cover. That's kind of a it, bold thing. What was bold is they nailed it. Like, really? It, it like there was, it, it was flawless. Like. It, it was. I was like. I was like. Great. I don't need to see Refuse live. <laughs> I just saw that. Have you seen any of those Refused reunion shows? No, I didn't get to see any of the shows. I saw some of the clips. I saw um, somebody posted a clip of them in L.A. covering uh, one of my favorite Fugazi songs. Oh uh, yeah. And that was actually that was really cool to see. I saw them. I saw them at the Great America. Well, I saw them. I've seen them at most every San Francisco show that they've done. But recently, they just did the Fillmore here, mm-hmm. and they did. Um, they did a Pump the Brakes, a song they haven't played in like 20 years. They played Pump the Brakes <laughs> off that first record. And people went crazy. I've never seen a room of 35-year-olds like throw beer in the air and try yeah. to mosh more <laughs> right. than when I saw them then, you know? That's awesome, dude. I mean, that's 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 the state of what it is today with them. I mean, like they can do that now and still sound yeah. great, you know? Totally. I mean, and seeing them at the Fillmore was was kind of crazy. Oh, dude, I can only imagine. Oh, it was just like a it was like a full full on mosh. Um, so, what else are you listening to these days? Like, what are the other records that you've been that you've been like listening to lately? Um, that's a great question. Like, uh, locally, um, our uh, there's a band. They're also on our label, uh, Native Daughters. They put out a new record this year that is uh, just amazing. Um, all instrumental again, which is great um, because it's nice to have other bands in this town, you know, doing heavy instrumental stuff. Yeah, totally. um, they have a really interesting lineup because they have two drummers. Who and, else had two drummers? There's also another big band that had two drummers. What was the name of that band? Uh, lately, Kylesa had two drummers, but they just broke up. I think. Yeah, yeah, they they, um, they, they were the one I was thinking of for sure. Yeah, and then uh, for a while, Melvin's was touring with two drummers for a while. Yeah, Melvin's did that. The two drummer thing is super interesting because it's just like an, another level of heaviness, but you got to really do it right. Yeah, and that's the thing. They they're really good at it. They're really good at making it work for them and making it not just. It's definitely not two drummers playing the exact same thing. Well, thank God for that. Yeah. No <laughs> <doubt>. <laughs> um, trying to think of uh, some of the other stuff. There's been like Denver right now. Man, it's like when we were little and Seattle was blowing up. Like, there's just so much talent in this town. Like the like, in fact, like two weeks ago, we played um, our label through. They had their five year anniversary, and they threw an all day show. Um, and uh, like every band on it was amazing, and we we were there all day long, and it was like I think it was like fourteen bands or something. Oh my god! And uh, yeah, dude, like no part of the day was bad. <laughs> like wow, like, and it was just like this, like it was all, and that was, and that's just bands that our label has worked with. Like that doesn't even count. There's like there's probably like ten decent record labels in this town right now, and that doesn't even count all of those bands and everything else. Like. Um, Echo Beds is this amazing band. They're actually on our label now, but they weren't. Um, there is a band this, that they're one of. We saw them at the Westward Music Fest. So Westward is the Village Voice paper in Denver. Oh, okay. Um, and this band called Spells, 
and they're this amazing, amazing band. And they always come out in like matching outfits and like <laughs> they throw down, man. And it's not even, it's not that it's heavy. It's just so high energy. Right. You know, they're just going crazy. And they're, they're one of my favorite things going on in this town right now for certain. And just I, like I, throwing around guitars and stuff like what we used to watch. <laughs> kind of, dude. Kind of like they don't like damage their stuff, but they just like. Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of that like '90s hardcore energy to it. Like, that's definitely great. A lot. Like, um, yeah, just so many times. And this is this is the part where I'm not gonna name a band that I'm like good friends with, and I'm gonna forget and piss <laughs> people off, and I don't mean to at all. Like, <laughs> there's just like, there's just literally just like, there's tons and tons and tons and tons of great music. Well, it just town. sounds like there's like that's like a good problem to have. I mean, like when you have so many bands that are so good that you've like played so many shows with, and they're all good bands. I mean, like that's yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, and we, um, you know, recently we played. Uh, we had a great, great show up in this town called Four Collins. I was with that band, Native Daughters, and this other band called Chemist, who's they're blowing up nationwide right now, and they're just like they're like the torchbearers for the Denver Doom scene right now. Oh man! Um, and they just they they throw it out so hard, like. Like people talk about their shows for weeks. Like, <laughs> just um, like weeks afterward, people are still like talking about how good that band was. Yeah, totally, totally. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and there's just like, yeah, like, like, like I said, this is this is the part where like, if, if I keep doing this, I'm gonna have to name like everybody, and I, I can't do that. Yeah. There are just so many amazing bands in this town. But then, uh, um, probably like national bands, like stuff I've been listening to. Have you heard the new Primitive Weapons record? Yeah, dude. Oh my god! I'm, I'm way into that record. Man. <laughs> like, I'm I'm way you know, and that that record before there the record before this one was, that one was stunning. That one was great for what it was, you know. So so I never heard the first record. Yeah, there was like a, it was either like a it 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 must have been like an EP or something. It was something, but I had I had a bunch of primitive weapon stuff like a, years ago, and it was, it was incredible, and then I lost track. Right, and then and then now they've got something out that's just like the the, the new album. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, that primitive weapons record. Um, do you remember? Um, do you know a band from Detroit called The Armed? Yes, yes. So, dude, they're probably one of my favorite bands of all time, and so they just put out a live record. Yeah, I know with Kurt Ballou, oh who who engineered it, and it's all like live stuff from like weird places because they don't play live that often. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. So that like I've been listening to like nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. Um, the Nails record we talked about, um, dude. The uh, Black Queen record. Oh whoa, what's that and, all? About? You heard that? No, I haven't heard it. So good. So it's the singer from Dillinger in this like very Depeche Mode esque synthwave project. Oh right, yeah. I remember all the advertising for that, but I didn't really get a chance to get the whole record. Is it any good? It's really, really goddamn good. Like I've been listening to it nonstop. Like, and, and so many of these bands, like they have all these side projects and these super groups. And sometimes I care, and sometimes I don't, and just like whatever. But this one, I'm like, like I can't put it down. It's got its totally original approach and sound. It's just so much fun to listen to. He's a very talented guy. Greg. He's a really good singer. Yeah, yeah really good singer. And then. That and then probably the other thing I've been listening to a lot is um is from earlier this year it was the uh Julie Christmas with Cult of Luna record. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, Cult of Luna Cult of Luna is a band I feel like doesn't get enough nobody talks about them enough. That band is yeah. absolutely incredible and they put out some fantastic stuff and nobody ever talks about them. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, you know, even for my part, like I don't, I go in waves with them because their stuff, it's really challenging to listen to because it takes so much time for a song to develop. I mean, and it, you know, so it's an investment, you know, their songs are 10, 15 minutes long. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's no. just, you know, you, you and I, we've geeked out on record so hard that, you know, you know, my taste, you know, we, you know, you know, I listen to a, a lot of like hardcore and post-hardcore and, you know, five minute songs. Yeah. You know, so even, you know, I always credit you as the person who introduced me to Pelican and even a, you know, an eight minute Pelican song, six minutes into it, I'm like, ah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> arduous. Like it takes so long to get to that build, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and even for me, a band, a guy who really likes, like, for example, Pelican, like, I, I can I can really get behind a lot of it, but it's it, the opening needs to be there. It needs to be good and it needs to be happening. You know, like City of Echoes, that record has a bunch of songs on it that are that are great with like their their beginning. And it's like, OK, good. I can get through. I can get through some of it, you know. Right, right. Because it's just it takes so long to get to the part that like you really, really, really enjoy. Like a lot of those, a lot of the breakdowns and stuff. And Cult of Luna, I mean, you're exactly right. Like their 15 minute songs are just they're they're great. Like. Uh, uh, they're great pieces of music. I don't even consider them songs at that point. They're like great pieces of music because it takes so long to digest them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, but it, what else, what else have you been listening to? Um, a lot of that stuff I've been trying to, I, I, you know, so I had a, uh, I had a really interesting conversation with a member of, there's this amazing band here in town called Itchio. And if you've never seen or heard of them, look them up. They're basically, they're basically a marching band what? and they have all these crazy costumes and they have like a Chinese luck drag, like Chinese new year dragon thing. Um, they're insane. But I was talking to one of their uh, Taiko drummers um, and her and I were talking about Jarbo and I was like, Oh my God, I haven't talked about Jarbo forever. And so I went back and I dug out a bunch of like Jarbo, which led me down a rabbit hole with like Chelsea Wolf. Oh so yeah, I'm getting really into that, and um, which led me down a rabbit hole to uh, marriages and like some of the Emma Ruth Rundle stuff. And then, um, have you heard Yao Tiha yet? No, dude. Dude, How do you, I can't even pronounce that. So, <laughs> so they're a band from Tennessee, and they sound they're, they're they're unbelievably brutal. It might be some of the darkest stuff I've ever heard. And they're um, the the name of the band Yao Tiha is actually the sci the science fiction name for the breed of predator. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's like the scientific name for the predator. Yeah. They they came out with a record last year that was definitely on the list for me as like being nice. one of my one of my favorites of the year cuz that record was absolutely I mean like for a heavy record as far as heavy records go, it's got all the things that I love about really good heavy music these days where it's it's noisy and 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 grinding and heavy and fast and slow i mean like the slow parts are just brutal the the vocals are crazy i mean it sounds like this guy is screaming from the most you know despondent place you've ever heard and and it's it's unbelievable it's unbelievable like i'll i'll send you some i'll i'll link you up like it's incredible like you yeah. have to hear it that sounds a lot like did you it was they had a new record last year did you ever hear uh white widows packed Oh yeah, I I heard a little bit of that. So that record they put out last year, True Will, it's it sounds very similar. Where it's just this, it's this whole other level of just like almost like the old Matt Bayless produced like uh, not just Botch, but remember Matt Bayless had uh, 
that era where it was just like all the super noisy stuff like the um oh god the aftermath record from norma jean yeah. and like yeah. the second mastodon record yep um with that white widow's pact evokes some of that stuff where it's just it's it almost sounds unmastered like it's so clippy and and like rough around the edges that's awesome that's like that's like what I live for now cuz you can you can actually pick that stuff up now and it's like and the quality has gotten so good where even like even when you think it's going to sound like it was recorded in a garage it still sounds great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, that record is a really is a really really good one from last year. And then dude, have you heard Anakin? No. Dude, so it's really fun. I think I think you would dig it. It's like Remember Ozma from LA? Yeah. So it's like that. It's like, but it's like down, they're down tuned to like, I think they're tuned to like Q or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like their strings aren't even there. It's just like, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's not even a string at that point. It's like a, it's like a tire chain. Right. (laughs) Um, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's fun because it's like, it's pop music and it's in with like these big, like one note synth parts and everything, but just super drop tuned deep guitar, like like really really heavy pop music that's interesting yeah i mean that's that almost reminds me of like when you say really heavy pop music that like reminds me of that baby metal stuff that we were talking about earlier like that kind of like it's there's this weird thing going on in metal music in general where like people are starting to merge them together and and hearing hearing the fact that there's like a pop band that tunes itself way down is almost as shocking and jarring as seeing like you know, two girls in geisha outfits do coordinated dances while basically the equivalent <laughs> of Slipknot is behind them, you know? Right. Well, for some reason, I always thought that they were, like, symphonic metal, like... Like, just like this... Like like some, like, super prog band or something, like Dream Theater? Yeah, or, like, remember, like, all that stuff from a bunch of years ago, like, Apocalyptica and all that right. stuff? You know? Right, right. Like, I always thought it was like that. I, right. I, I've never, like I said, I still haven't listened to baby metal yet. It's it's almost more fun to just listen to people make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I've heard it. So I, I actually reviewed the record oh, um, nice. for like an online magazine and I actually heard the whole thing and like, it's interesting. I mean, like the, the, the riffs, the riffs are absolutely incredible, but it, it, it like the heavy stuff that they do is like, unbelievably you know heavy it's it's great it sounds and it sounds a lot like you know for lack of a better example it sounds a lot like slipknot um but it's got like this japanese pop as the chorus interesting and it's like and 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 sometimes you just can't you know your brain just can't deal with it like there was there was a couple of moments where i was like this is the strangest it it is the strangest record that may that might have ever come out i mean (laughs) but it it it, it's one of those things where, like, if you're a metal fan, like, you hear it and you're like, wow, I could really get behind some of that stuff. And then they start singing and you're like, why am I, why am I listening to this? Like, why is this right, happening right, right. to me right now? Right. You know, it would be like if, like, a, if, like, a boy band fronted Mashuga. That's, like, kind of, like, what it would feel like. That actually sounds really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real, like, I would love to see Justin Timberlake do a Mashuga song. <laughs> We paid good money for that. Oh my god, that would be absolutely amazing. <laughs> I would, I would love or, to do or that. see them back him on something from like, what, 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 what do you have that record like, Future Sexy or whatever, or Love Sexy or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. Future Love Sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, someone should do that. Someone should, someone should put that on top of like a Masuga record and see like oh, how dude. that works. 
Absolutely, man. Dude, I, now, now I know what I'm going to spend my afternoon doing. I'm going to go try to find the. <laughs> I'm going to try to find the multi tracks and just like lay that on top. You know. Right. <laughs> you like that would? Oh man, that would be amazing. Um, well, what records are you looking forward to that are coming up? I know that there's like a few that are coming down the pike soon that are going to be great. Yeah. Um, I'm probably, I'd have to go back and refresh myself, but the first thing that pops in my mind that I'm really excited about, um, and I think everybody in cult, like we've all been talking about hearing it is, uh, the new Dillinger record. Yeah, dude, they're playing the park side here. Yeah. I saw that dude. That's amazing, dude. (laughs) Like, I'm buying my tickets. It's happening. Yeah, man. And that's probably, like, a great place to see them. I know here they played – last time I saw them was, like, two years ago here. They played this place called the Marquee. And the Marquee, I'm trying to think of, like, an equivalent in San Francisco. Probably – it's, like, a slightly bigger bottom of the hill. Or, like – oh, dude, no. Uh, remember from back in the day? Do you remember that place, The Pound? Yes. It's like The Pound. Oh, my God. But with less cocaine. Um, <laughs> with less cocaine? Oh, well, then, yeah, then it's not The Pound. Significantly less. so yes it's not the pound but like but yeah dude and like ben wyman was like hanging from like a water pipe and that was like one of the only times i've been in a show where like i was nervous i was like dude that thing is not meant for you to hang on and you know that yeah (laughs) he totally knows that but like i mean they just that's just how they are i mean like the last time i saw dillinger was with the deftones at the warfield and nice and they still were like the craziest thing that I've ever seen. Like, how do you come on after that? Like, and, and you yeah. know, you know that I'm a big Deftones fan, but, yeah. but for them to come on after that, I was kind of like, guys, like, come on. Like, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen a couple shows like that, man. We, um, yeah, there was uh recently actually a tour that came through was uh intronaut and scale the summit. Oh yeah. And I, I know, um, Internet was just here a couple nights ago and like Tom and Mike went up and they were talking to him and I was telling him how he, he wouldn't remember, but a long time ago when you lived in Hollywood and I remember visiting you and you introduced me to Sasha, like right when their first uh, demo was coming out and I've been a fan, I've been a fan ever since and I love them to death. Um, but that, that was a similar thing where I was there to see Intronaut scale. The summit came out and put out this like crazy energetic performance and it took a minute for like my mind to shift back. Like when Intronaut came on, I was like, I had to like consciously be like, all right, this is a different band. Right. You know, like, exactly. Like, this is a different band. I can't compare the two in the way my mind is trying to compare the two. So it's totally different live shows. Right. You know? <laughs> like, right, right, right. Exactly. Cause they're, cause Intronaut is so, I mean that first, the first time I saw Intronaut was their first show. Right. And, I mean, they were they were stunning then, but it was one of those things where it's like you can't watch them after another band comes out and basically like runs around a stage and lights stuff on fire and people. Yeah, exactly. Like, you <laughs> yeah. you can't you can't watch them after that because it's like they're they're playing really complicated stuff and they'll get into it a little bit, but it's not like they're running around doing all sorts of crazy stuff, you know? Yeah, and they're really good about creating this sort of like or, like oral dimension to get lost in or it's like scale the summit. Like they have this huge visual component and that's part of what, you know, made it so jarringly different. Oh, okay. Um, Because they had, they had all these videos timed out to the songs in their set. Oh man. um, Because they're, because they're instrumental. And so, you know, it was a really different experience. It was a great bill. I was glad it came, you know, it was a really interesting pairing, but that's a good example of where you've got two amazing bands and you've got to like you as a listener, you know, it's your responsibility to, sort of physically and mentally adjust to the difference. Yeah. 
I mean, do, do you feel that, like, since you play in an instrumental band, do you feel that, like, instrumental bands in general have to do kind of – they have to step up their show a little bit more in order to kind of get the attention, you know? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. But I think that's a good thing because I think that, you know, I, I think that – if you have a band that is just going to sit there and not do anything and just play the song and leave, why did I pay 20 bucks to see them? Right. Um, because I could have, I've could, I could have sat in my, in the comfort of my home or a friend's home and just spun the record and had a beer and, you know, been more comfortable. You know? Right. Right. Like, right, like, right exactly. You know, and bought a shirt off of eBay. Right. Know? Right. Like, exactly. Like, what's the point? Um, yeah. So, so I, so I, th- I think it manifests on two fronts. I think, I think, instrumental bands, because on the one hand, you know, the instrumental heavy music, it's finally becoming a trend, and I think that's a really good thing, mm-hmm. because for years there have been all these amazing bands that have been doing instrumental music, and the only three people talk about have been Mogwai and Pelican and Russian Circles. And right, that's it. exactly. And no one talks about all these other amazing bands. Well, also Explosions in the Sky. Don't forget them. And ex- yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. There. And so, you know, we were lucky enough. We got to open for one of my all-time favorite bands, this instrumental band called uh, And So I Watch You From Afar. Oh, man, that band is so good. Dude, they crushed. And that was actually a great example where we went on and we thought we could bring some heat. No. No, no. No, no. dude. <laughs> <laughs> no. They came out and viciously outrocked every band on the bill. Right. right. Like Almost like they were, like, trying to teach us all a lesson. Right. Like, like, thanks for coming, guys. Here's here's yeah, what it really like, is like, all about. Like, sit down, children. Daddy's got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, but so I'm really glad this is becoming a trend. But to, so back to your question, like that, they were a great example. Like they they're playing this really complex music, but they're all over the place. They're almost bringing like a hardcore or like a punk energy to it. They are bouncing around. They're sweating their asses off at the end of the, st- of the set. Um, not one of them is standing still. Um and not in cheesy ways you know it, it's it's very it's this very natural very authentic expression of energy coming from all four of them um so i think that i think instrumental bands do need to do that you'll see a lot of i think instrumental bands are incorporating light shows and visual shows and things like that because the average listener has a really hard time grappling with the fact that there's nothing for them to sing along to you know and even people who fancy themselves on being open-minded you know that that's you know the pop narrative so to speak in music that's the thing we're force-fed from birth so we're taught that you know all of our western music has to have vocals or essentially it's incomplete somehow right because you can't there isn't there isn't there isn't anything for the brain to latch onto in terms of like you know it's it's almost like it's it's looking at art rather than painting it yourself. Does that make any sense? Like it's yeah, kind of it, like... That, that's a that's a great analogy because what you know and what we always like about being an instrumental band is that you know we may have an idea um, as far as the emotive content or the thematic content that we're trying to express, but ultimately we're not telling the listener how to feel when they listen right. to the song. Right. And vocal bands do that. You know, they're, they're, it's someone sharing their story and it may be a very personal story and it may be, you know, very revealing and all of those things. And I acknowledge and respect that. But you're still as a vocalist, you're telling the listener how to feel. You're telling them what the appropriate reaction is. Right. You know? And I like not doing that. I like challenging them to find the me- find any meaning, even if it's no meaning, to get just get lost in their head. 
right. you know, as, as they listen to just the music and just that part of it. Um, but again, that being said, you're talking about a live show. Yeah, you, you've got to figure out some way to make it visually inter- interesting. So, um, you know, earlier I said it manifests itself in a couple ways. So one, a very long-winded way to answer your question. Yeah, a lot of people are doing they're doing light shows, they're doing visual stuff. Um, like that band Native Daughters I was talking about earlier, they have a laser show now. And it's amazing. <laughs> what what, yeah. what are, they, are they like a planetarium? Like what are they doing? Like what it, are they? It looks like that. But it, when you get there it's like, holy shit, this is amazing. Right. And now no one else in town can do it because they've nailed it. Like they're, they're doing it so well that if anyone else in town tries to do it, it's like, oh, they saw that at the Native Daughter show. Oh, right. Because it's, it's just that crazy. Because they're doing it so well. Um, we, for cult, we've just been using like standard work lights. Like we just backlight our amps. Right. And just have the house only run reds from the spotlights and everything. Right. Um, and we just do it that way. So we're backlit and it's more about shadow and impression. Right. Um, and that way, but with some color and that way, again, it's, it becomes more about music and the movements of shadow because, so what I was going to say, the other thing to me is that what's interesting because instrumental music is, is becoming more popular and it's attracting more people. It's attracting people who may not have always come from that discipline. So you're right. getting these bands that are made up of people who are coming from whatever, like stoner metal or metal or punk or hardcore or even standard alternative pop, you know, or whatever it is, or classical or whatever it is. Um, And that's bringing, you know, that's starting to bring a certain style to the stage movements of a lot of these bands. Right. Um, I know for us, you know, I... I get up on stage and I, I just, I, I can't stop myself. I try to move as much as I can. Right. Um, and it probably looks stupid. Well, don't, don't we all feel that way? I mean, I've, I've done some, I mean, you've seen me play, like I've thrown around all kinds of stuff and I'm sure it looks dumb. I'm positive that it looks dumb, but you know, okay. you do it anyway, you know? Yeah. And, but for me, like it, it makes it, it, again, it's, it's what I'm trying to do is deliver the type of show I would want to see. Totally. Cause I don't want to see someone just stand there. Right, 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 exactly. I think that that's always been my kind of pet peeve about a lot of live music is is that I've, you know, and I just mixed a show the other night where a band was um, just standing there and playing the tunes and just that was it, you know? And I, and I kind of feel like that's just not, that, that's just not okay. Like, people paid money to see you, you should do something, you know? Right. And if you're not going to do anything, if you're not going to rock out to your own music, then you should make an effort to... Uh, to, to make it more of an experience, make it more of a visceral experience, right? Like, yeah. Make it something that's more exciting. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it, it also, to me, it comes down to a, a, a level of gratitude. You can be playing a free show. You can be playing a $5 show. You can be playing a $50 show. Someone invested time and money to come see you perform your art and acknowledge your art. You do owe them. You owe them something you know, for, for, for their time and, and, and for their, you know, them helping you do what you want to do. So, so that, that's part of it for me is, is that gratitude of saying, all right, well, you, you know, you could have, you know, any, on any given night in Denver, just like, you know, for you in San Francisco, there were two dozen things you could have gone to do. Right. You know, of varying degrees of quality maybe, but. You know, yeah, 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 exactly. Varying they, degrees of quality, but yeah, you, there was, I totally see the point. To come see our band. I'm going to try to give you everything I can right now. Right. 
And that's and that's what it's all about. If you can put on that kind of show, I mean, like speaking to the science behind some of those shows. I mean, the amount of things that are available now to bands in terms of technology that makes things a little bit easier is absolutely incredible. You know, like I like that band North from Arizona who put out another great record, by the way, very recently. Yeah, dude, Mike and Tom and Cult are huge fans. We got to open for them last year and I didn't even know who they were. That's I, awesome. I, I didn't even know who they were. Like they had to explain it to me why they were so excited about it. <laughs> um, I toured with them. Did I ever tell you about that? No, dude. I toured I toured with that band and name the metal band from here. And they did, we did a bunch of shows together that were like really in really crappy places. Um, and one of them, I was like just torn to do sound, but basically we paid like, we played like one club out of the whole run. Um, and one of the shows was at a taco joint and the promoter didn't bring the PA. So I, I plugged the vocals into a delay pedal and ran out of the delay pedal into a bass amp so I could give people reverb and delay on their vocal. And I was standing on the side with a very large alcoholic beverage in Las Vegas, turning up a bass amp to get vocals to cut through. It was that kind of a show. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. But, but with North, um, with them, they had like this really complex lighting system that I talked to the drummer about. And he's got like a line six delay pedal, like plugged in with all of these different lights and he controls the lights for the whole show. Oh, cool. Using just his foot. And so where I'm, so where I'm going with that is, is that like, I feel like nowadays, like the technology is there where people can totally build out all kinds of, all kinds of silliness and really kind of put on a good show. Like, you know, you could do like what you're doing now. You could put like LEDs inside of your amp and you could touch them with a button, you know? Yeah, and we're we're starting to think about that stuff. So the you know our bass player Tom, he, he was an electrician, and so the work lights we've got, he built like a little controller for them, right? And that's come up in conversation a couple times where we've been talking about uh, expanding that and getting a more complex controller and having like different colored lights and all these things. Yeah, you can, and you can do all sorts of. I can send you a link to like a couple of crazy things, like after you know a little bit later where like i've seen guys do a bunch of custom stuff that's just like it's like out of control like what i've seen lately like people doing things like in in the more complex setups like if you're radiohead or something um you can get like midi controllers to control the lights so you can yeah. actually control your pedals and your lighting setup off of a midi controller yeah 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 and we've been starting to do that like and so we've been incorporating samples into the live show oh that's awesome um, and, uh, I've been controlling those actually off of a, uh, a little, a Kai like drum sampler that I erased all the pad. It's like a little drum pad and I right. erased all the fake drum samples and loaded vocal samples. Right. Um, and yeah, we've been talking about doing a little more of that stuff, um, too. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Like, like that between that and the lights, like like our live show is way different than it was like two years ago where it was just very utilitarian. We just kind of came out and played left. Right. Um, and now we've got like an intro <laughs> <laughs> you know. and then we launch into the first song and we've got our own lights and we've got, you know, we've got it all placed out during the set, you know, that's great. Um, but that stuff is fun, you know, and it's, it, you know, me younger, me would have been like, screw all that noise, you know, but it's like, it keeps it really interesting and it's, it's actually a lot of fun to coordinate, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a lot of fun to do that stuff when you, when you have the time, you know, when you have the time to do that, like, yeah. And you can make that, you can make that really work out for you. Right. 
you know i mean like a lot of people just don't have the time to spend and they don't think about that you know like i feel like when you're like in an instrumental band like yourself like you 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 do want to think about that going back to what i was saying earlier about like having to do more for the show because of that like you 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 really think about that kind of stuff versus as band with a singer that's like running around and screaming at people yeah well and i feel like you know having been in both of those types of bands and you've seen three of my bands now yeah um you know i i feel like when i was in playing vocal oriented music it was really easy to lean on these sort of antiquated tropes about you know rock star presentation and and yeah you didn't think about lights and stuff because you're like all right everyone's just gonna be watching the singer anyway right and which is true for good and bad (laughs) right but you know it you know it, it definitely it definitely promotes a different mentality right you know and i i think that this band is it's so much fun because again every single thing we do from the songwriting to the performance to the recording i have to think about it differently than i did with vocal oriented music yeah Um, yeah absolutely and that's that's both freeing that's simultaneously freeing and challenging um which is which is really fulfilling you know at the end of it right and it's and, that, and that's what it's all about. If it's if it's fulfilling what 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 you want, then I mean, yeah, I'm exactly. Might as well yeah. do it, you know. Yeah. So I th- I think the biggest problem with with this band is that we are uh, we're all adults with real responsibilities, so we can't sink all of our time. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. You know, but I think that's kind of nice. I mean, like I remember weird. you talking about that, where it was like yeah. when you when you moved to Denver. And, you know, and you're, and, and you're married and, and you have a child and all that. And, like, you, you were, like, really keen on, like, I want to be in a band, but I, I don't necessarily want to sink my entire life into it. I want to be able to, like, play music and have fun and do what I really love for the love of it, not, like, having to sink everything into it, you know? Yeah, and that's the weird irony of it is that when you have something you're really excited about it, then you start to want to do that. And you have to remind yourself that, like, you know, just have fun with it. Just let it roll. You know, don't take yourself right. seriously. You know, just it's it's this thing, and just have fun with it. You know, um, I you know, and that is you know, I think that's the only thing that prevents us from moving as fast as we would like to. You know, right? Um, but it's also nice to like. I never, we actually are in this cycle where we put out a record and we push the record, and we don't tour because of our other commitments. But you know, we play out for the record and try to market it. And, then we start writing again and we put out another record, you know, and it's, it's interesting to, to be in that cycle. Right. But, but even then, like you look at somebody like the armed, for example, like the, those are all people that, um, that, you know, they, they love their gig where they're like, you know, preschool teachers, you yeah. know, I mean like, and they, and they, they don't really tour at all, which is why that live record was so crazy Yeah, because yeah. they don't do shows. You know, they only do shows like in Detroit. So the fact that they were even like put put something out like that is crazy. But they can do that now, and I think that's really nice um, in this in this age where you can put out a record that's that aggressive, and you can do anything that you want to do, and you don't even have to tour to to promote it. Yeah, and I think that's fantastic. And I, like, and their business model especially is really inspiring to me because they put out all their records for they're free to the public, and right. they just let people pay what they want to pay. Right. And I, I love that idea. I absolutely love that idea. I hate, you know, the record 
Sorry. No, yeah. don't worry about it, man. Cool. Oh, so yeah, the um, the what I was saying was the major label, you know, record company business model of how they're going to tell me what music is worth. You know, so I love the arms idea of, and it's not there. They're not the only ones who have ever done it, but they've definitely stayed more committed to it than I've seen other artists. I've seen other artists play with the idea of offering their stuff for free and just letting the listener decide, but they've shied away from it. And the artists stayed dedicated to it with each one of their releases. And I, I respect the hell out of it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, I, and the thing is for the quality to be so good. I think that they, yeah. and, and to get the respect that they get from other bands that are touring all the time, you know, the fact that we're even talking about the armed and neither of us lived anywhere near Detroit, that's like right. unthinkable a decade ago, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, and we, you know, so we're, we're really grateful for that. And we, you know, I'm, I'm also grateful that everyone I'm in a band with is motivated. So it's not like, you know, one person is doing all the pushing, you know, there's, everyone is to, to the best of their ability everyone's out networking everyone knows people everyone's able to tastefully try to do things that you know help sort of spread the word about the record and and that's a really nice place to be in fact it's, it's one of those things where i've been in bands where i was the only person doing it and even now five years into this band i struggle with the idea that there are other people doing it and i have to remind myself oh let them do their thing <laughs> like they, they, they know people you don't know their approach works. They know how to do things you don't, you don't know how to do. Just let them do it. And all four of us will benefit from it. You know, and, and, and in turn, the entire Denver musical community will benefit from it. Right. Because then you guys can do whatever you guys want to do and still remain and still keep yourselves like, you know, still being smart and making smart choices, but letting other people kind of help along the way is always, is always really nice. Like letting your bandmates help you out and help out each other. And then, yeah. and then next thing you know, you've got shows like at the Gothic where you're like, this place is huge. I don't know if it's actually going to work, but it's going to happen, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. And yeah. And we, we, you know, we're, we've been that, you know, like all three of us have booked bands. And now that we have a fourth person, you know, you know, Rachel will be, you know, I'm interested to see the type of shows she's put, she'll put together. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's just, it's super cool that way, man. Like it's just, it's a really, really great place to be. So yeah, that's awesome. You sound super excited about it all. Yeah, dude. I, I really am, actually. <laughs> I've been, yeah, dude, ego feeding, dude. We've been talking about it for an hour about my band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, fine. That's fair. Whatever. I mean, you know, that's that's the point. Um, yeah, well, then that's 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 awesome, man. I'm really I'm really excited for you. I'm really excited for what's going to happen for for the next record. Is there is there anything else like that that you're really into right now that you wanted to promote or that you wanted to talk about before I ask you the last question? Um, you, you know, I I probably and I'm blanking on it. And I'm going to kick myself when we disconnect. Um, you know, I I just like I always like you know my main thing is just you know. For anyone who's never heard of it, look up Sailor Records from Denver. Like, just all the artists on the label are awesome. But then all the artists, you know, it's more like a collective than a label. You know, we so we're all doing totally different things. We all come from different scenes. And so if, as you start going down the list of bands, you're going to just go down a rabbit hole and find all this other amazing music coming that's, out of Denver. That's like, great, man. I really like that. I really think that that's where that's that's such a great thing that like a label can put out that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's totally a labor of love for the for the guy Oscar who does it, and it's just we call him Dad. Um, <laughs> right? um, and it's just it's you know it's and, and like that's actually a great example. Like so, his band Lords of Fuzz doesn't sound anything like anything else on the label, but then neither does my band, and neither does it. Like there's no two bands alike. There's a bunch of bands that fit together, but none of them sound exactly the same. That's awesome. So yeah, that 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 I probably that's just the safest way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the safe one. Okay, we yeah, can do yeah, that. Yeah, because like there's so many awesome people that have done us so many favors and so many great bands we played with, and I so many I I could have just listed them all for the last hour, and so anyone I didn't list, uh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> all right, so so here's the so so here's the last question, Monroe. Right. So the deal is this. So I'm doing this about like what bands listen to, and we've and we've gone through like a big old gambit. This was like exactly what I wanted um, out of an interview with you for sure. Um, but now is the hard part. So can you name your five favorite records of all time? Like the top five Ooh. favorites. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> it's the toughest one. It's like the toughest yeah. question for sure. Oh, that's so tough because I want to make sure I'm like remembering things from back in the day. I, so I I can't say if these are like the absolute all time. So I'm just going to say like the first ones that pop into my head. Okay. Um, Oh, it's tough. It's a tough call, man. Yeah. This is in no particular order. Definitely. Oh, for sure. But I mean, uh, I'm not going to pin anybody to like an order because Lord knows that would, that would ruin, it would ruin me. If somebody asked me, name your top five favorite records in order, I probably would cry, but then yeah, again, nobody's a- asking me, I'm asking you. So <laughs> you're right, you're right. it doesn't, doesn't really matter. So why don't we just do the, the no particular order, five right. of your favorites of all time. We'll just do it that way. Um, so the first one that always pops to my head is, uh, the Benz by Radiohead. Yeah. Fantastic um, record. Just because I know it's not some of their more complex or challenging stuff, but what I like about it, there are two things I really, really, really like about it. One is the huge amount of progression um, between that record and the first record, um, which is really important to me as a musician and listen, not only making music, but listening to music. You want to hear people improve and get better at what they do, at their craft. And so if you listen to the first Radiohead record, it's tolerable. Like there's promise there. And I say this, they're one of my favorite bands of all time, but it's not a great record by any stretch. Um, but then you get to the bends and it's just like, it's like, it's amazing that it's the same people. Right. And that like, the difference between the two is really only like a couple of years, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's nuts. Um, and the other thing I really like about that record is that for what's essentially a pop record, the lyrics are really dark. Yeah, and, you know that was the record where they're starting to delve into you know sort of the weight of modern society and and the monotony of life that you know a lot of the content that fueled the lyrics on like OK Computer and Kid A, where it's that that crushing loneliness and fear of living a unremarkable life. Right. Um, so that's definitely one. Um, yeah, this is tough. <laughs> See, dude, I told you it's super tough. The next one that just that popped into my mind, um, for obvious reasons, is uh, "We Are the Romans" by Botch. Oh man, what a classic! Um, just, just because for heavy guitar, 
there's just nothing like that. Like it was, it's, it's so angular and weird, but it's listenable because there are so many bands that, especially in heavy music that, and especially in prog music, like that they're weird for the sake of weird to the point where it sacrifices fun for the listener. And they were able to somehow not do that. Um, and, 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 and not was, and not rely on the same old tropes that like the heavy music was doing and in that era. Yeah, exactly. And that records age really well. And if you actually read the lyric sheet, they're dealing with some pretty heavy social stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a pretty forward thinking record. Um, the next one that pops to my mind is uh, there's a record. Um, God, both of the records are really good, but I'm gonna say their second record. There's a band called the Team Dresh. Um, they're from Portland in the mid and late nineties. Um, and they had a record called captain, my captain. Yeah. And it was really important to me because, so I was in the nineties, I was really, really into riot girl. These, I was really, I, for whatever reason, early on, I was really attracted to, uh, specifically to feminism as part of the American civil rights journey. Um, and being, you know, being kind of a, boring standard cisgendered straight guy i was like how can i how can i be an ally to this and and what can i learn from it and and how can i not make the mistakes i see so many other young men making as far as how we treat women how we treat uh people in the lgbt communities how, how we treat other men right you know um and that seemed like a place i could start to find those answers so riot girl was really important to me all those bands um but the team Dresh stood apart in that whole thing um, because it was so much heavier and heavier in a very specific, almost polished way than, than some of the other stuff uh, coming out, coming out of those scenes. Um, and then just to top it off, just amazing lyrics, amazing singing, amazing guitar work, um, like really, really accomplished, like awesome guitar work. Um, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That's great. I mean, like I've heard, I've heard a lot of that band. I really like that band and that era. I feel like, I feel like that, that era kind of, it kind of gets like under, I guess undervalued would kind of be more of, of the word I would use. Right. Like that. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, like, cause I feel like a lot of those bands were, you know, on the kill rock stars label and, and a lot of those bands that right. just got, got, got kind of buried in that yeah. era, you know? Yeah, and there were so many good ones. Um, God, and I, God, there's so many I want to say. I want to talk about like Slater Kinney and Soundgarden and all this stuff. Oh, man. Slater um, Kinney, I mean, I could go on and on about Slater Kinney. I yeah. love that band. We're just saying top five records. Um, oh, man. Um, so I've got two more. Yeah, you got two more, buddy. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Option Paralysis by Dillinger Escape Plan. I literally never get sick of that record. There's not one song on it that I skip. Um, I play that record. I'll go section. I'll, I'll go sections of like a year where I'll listen to nothing but that record for two weeks straight. Yeah. Oh and yeah, for, for sure. And, and even now that record's like five or six years old, even now, like I'll do that. I'll yeah. listen to nothing but that record for like two weeks straight. And then I'll be like, Oh, there is more music in the world and go out and, you know, <laughs> And then find my way back to it like two months later and do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like... I never, ever, ever get sick of that record. And, you know, guitar wise, it's hard to, 
it's hard to say that it's an influence guitar wise because I'll never be the guitarist that Weinman or any of the guys that play with him are. But on the other hand, what is definitely inspiring about it is the commitment to originality. Dillinger does what they do and they do not fucking care what you think of what they do. They're grateful that you buy the record. Right. You know, they're grateful that you come to the show, but they don't give a shit what you think of it. (laughs) Right, right, right. Absolutely. But they're going to do whatever they want to do. Like that's just going to happen. And that, and that's, you know, that type of confidence is always something I've aspired to. I, I don't know why I'm a little sensitive wussy boy, but sometimes I'll <laughs> think like, it was like, do people like this? Like, you know, and I, so I love that they just are so dedicated to what they do. Right. Absolutely. Um, ooh, one more, one more, one more. How about one this? More. How about I do this? I'll split it up. I'll do, you can do one more. Um, and just to give you a nice out so you can pick something that you might have forgotten about. It'll give you another chance. We could do, we'll, we'll do one more and you can give me a record that, um, that people wouldn't necessarily think that you would like. That you really, really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, so let's just favorite... do the last one on the top five and then we'll do that, that unexpected well, record. The last one on the top five. I'm going to go with, um, um, even though it's a singles compilation, it's not really a full record per se. Um, Louder Than Bombs by the Smiths. Um, just because, and that, you know, and that was from before I was even playing music, but it was just, the every part of the music is fantastic. The recording's fantastic. The lyrics are fantastic. There's literally like nothing wrong with any of the songs on it. Right. Um, and one of the things I always loved about the Smiths is that for they weren't afraid to play slower songs. Um, and I also like the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The focus, I guess, for lack of a better way to phrase it. Yeah. They're able to construct these songs that were very sprawling and, and complex within three minutes. Right. So the restraint is the word I'm looking for. Right. You know, they, they didn't fill their songs with every single idea that ever occurred to them. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's always been the thing with the Smiths. I mean, they've made some some great almost, you know, I almost think of them often as like the the what would be our equivalent of like the jangle pop of the 60s kind of. A oh, thing. for certain. Yeah, for sure. You know, like they, they like they came along like that. And they're I mean, like, of course, King Morrissey, whatever. Yeah. Everybody right, loves right. them. All right, so then let's do this last one, and you can tell me a record that you wouldn't think that, you know, that people wouldn't think that you would listen to that you really love. Um, for that one, actually, the first thing that pops to my mind is um, uh, it was from a few years ago. Um, it was uh, Tegan and Sarah. Nice. You've always been a big fan of that band. I have, and people like forget that, but like I think that stuff's amazing. Um, yeah. They had a record from a couple years ago called uh, "So Jealous," and I think that when I tell people that I like that record, they always look at me kind of sideways, like, like, and I, and I think it comes from a couple different ways. I think because they know me as someone who likes heavy music, and then there's a little of that like sort of like weird soft bigotry where people are like you're not a lesbian. How can you listen to that? Right, right, right. Exactly. It's like when I tell people that I really like Sleater Kinney and they go, what? You really like Sleater Kinney? You like a lesbian band? And I go, what are you talking about? A lesbian band. I like a rock band with girls in it. I don't understand why that's a problem. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, I think when, like when I talk about Tegan and Sarah, like people like 
they I always get weird reactions from it, like sometimes cool reactions, but often I get stared at sideways for a second, and then people remember that they have to pretend to be in polite society. <laughs> <laughs> But, but that, yeah, that's a fantastic that. album. That's a fantastic record. It's such fantastic pop songwriting. Yeah. Like fantastic pop songwriting. Um, so I think that's my one that like people are like, oh, really? You like that? And I'm like, yes. I really, really goddamn like it. <laughs> like, It's top to bottom. I mean, it's another one of those top to bottom records, you know, where it's just like you can't stop listening to the thing, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. I listen to every single song on it. Yeah. You never just put it in and listen to like one song. Like, yeah yeah exactly you're never like oh i can't wait to hear this one song off of this record and then the rest of it is just garbage like that that that, that album is front to back like and you showed me that record that record was just i was floored oh, when really? i heard that one yeah i remember when you told me about it you were like yo man you should you should listen to this record i was like oh okay and then like i listened to it and i was like damn it monroe's yes. right <laughs> it is good it is Ooh. good it is great <laughs> all right man well yo thank you so much for taking the time today Dude, thank you, thank you for having me on here. I, it, it's funny because I didn't think we were like just going for it right now. This is fantastic. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of felt like we should just go for it right now. I mean, like if you want to. I mean, like if you wanted yeah. to. Um, but yeah, I'll let you know when this thing's up, and and we'll do the whole thing. Awesome, dude. I I, re- I really really appreciate you taking the time, man. Thanks thanks for helping us spread the word about the band and everything. Dude, all day long. I'll do that all day. All right, buddy. I'll give you a shout later. Okay, cool, dude. And there you have it. Me and Mike Monroe talking about bands for a little bit over an hour. Um, I want to say a huge thank you to Mike for doing that episode with me. It was a lot of fun. Um, And I wanted to remind everybody here that's listening to go ahead and subscribe and rate and review the podcast online. Um, We'd love to hear the feedback. We'd love to hear who's listening. So please do that as much as you can. And you can find us online at hiddeninheadphones.com or you can email me directly um, and you can listen to past podcasts. All right. Thanks so much. Have a good day.